You are now listening to the Fat Fix Podcast with David Flowers, a show talking about all things fat loss and health for the general population. Helping people understand why they are in the position they're in right now, rather than just focusing on what they need to do. Your no-nonsense personal trainer friend that you can have access to in your pocket whenever you need some help, guidance or just to kick up the arse. Hello and welcome to the Fat Fix Podcast for episode number eight. I've decided that I'm going to stop telling you guys when my next podcast is coming out, considering that I'm an absolute Billy Bullshitter and I never put it out when I say I'm going to do. I did intend to get these out on a week-to-week basis, but recently, I obviously haven't been. (laughs) Now, I've got a bit of an excuse, and that is that I've had a little bit of a life the last few weeks. Been going out at the weekend and stuff, went out last weekend, going out again this weekend. And stupidly, I was doing my podcast on a Sunday. So I was doing my show notes on a Sunday, recording them, ready to get it out Monday morning. So whilst all you lot was probably getting pissed and balls deep in a Sunday dinner, I was doing my podcast to help you lot. So I decided I'm going to do them in the week, hence why I'm doing this today. And I thought to myself, you know what, I need to kind of practice what I preach a little bit. I often tell my clients to have the balance in the life and switch off at times. And sometimes those personal trainers need to do the same as much as I love my job. Sometimes I just don't switch off. So yeah. That's what I've been doing. And I thought, fuck them. I'm going to go out and get pissed. (laughs) Anyways, I hope you're excited for this one today. I know I've kept you on your toes a little bit. I hope you've not gone anywhere. I hope you've not sold me out to listen to somebody else's podcast. So my only listener then will be my mum. That would just be pretty tragic. Anyways, today's podcast, Magic Macros. And obviously over the last few weeks we've been discussing topics within the fat loss priority pyramid i'm still going on about that today don't worry the pyramid is not as big as the burj khalifa in dubai (laughs) it will be over soon but i'm just like i say i'm giving you the foundations that you need to start taking into consideration as we work our way up they become less of a priority but again it's still important and most importantly i want to give you the whys. I want to give you why these things are important and how you can ultimately implement them into your life. Now, there's a lot of education out there, yet people are still struggling to actually do it. You know, more than ever, the information is out there right now. But time and time again, it's still not getting done. Like I've mentioned in podcasts before, obesity is still rising people are getting more confused struggles are still as high as ever and i want my podcast to be able to be something that you can take action with straight away and actually be like ah that makes sense now i'm going to put that into place because this is what i've been struggling with and this may help if i do take into consideration what david's saying and start implementing them into my own lifestyle So we have covered adherence, energy balance, exercise and self-monitoring, aka keeping your shit in check, which I spoke about 
last time when I recorded. So, today, Magic Macros, and I'm going to be covering protein. I obviously didn't want to call this podcast Protein. Boring. (laughs) You would have probably tuned in to listen to it if I did. So, but I'm going to tell you today something that you may not have heard before about protein, as in protein has probably been discussed to you in the past in such a boring way. You're like, yeah, no, no shit Sherlock advice. Little bold statements, black and white. But again, like I just mentioned, I want to give you the whys. And a lot of my clients, and I say this to them often, is that they often set themselves up to be in a poor position whether that's throughout the days, throughout the weeks, months, years, whatever it may be, is that there is a reason why certain things come into play. So, for example, feelings of hunger, cravings, whatever it may be, if I look back within a client's day, I can sometimes pinpoint where they may have gone wrong to set themselves up. And I often say to them, you're not weird, there's nothing wrong with you. You know, I'd love having some chocolate and things like that. But I always say you potentially set yourself up to have these cravings come on strong because of this. If we start implementing this and change this and give them the why I'm doing it rather than just being a dictator and saying you need more protein, I tell them why they need more protein. And this is what I want to give you guys today is why having a rich protein diet is important for many, many aspects when it comes to fat loss. So you've no doubt used MyFitnessPal, you've inputted your data, and you've been spat out some numbers, X amount of protein, carbs, fats, etc. Now, they're the main macronutrients that I just want to touch upon. Obviously, alcohol as well, but I know your bodies are a temple now, and it's only me that's been going off the rails recently. So we won't go into that today. Save that for another podcast. And I just want to touch upon first before we get into talking about protein is that macronutrients for some people work really well and for some people they just don't. And don't get me wrong, as you become more experienced in this, as you become more knowledgeable with your nutrition in general, it may become of more importance to you down the line. But again, these are not important if you don't get the other parts of the pyramid in place, which we've already spoke about. So if you haven't listened to any podcast before this, I suggest you do, So because it, it all does link together pretty much. So let's be clear, macronutrients, they're only numbers. They're not the be-all and end-all, and there is a lot of confusion about tracking. And most of the time, people do become a bit overwhelmed, you know, they're adding unnecessary stress to the thinking, they become too attached to the numbers, and I've seen it firsthand with many, many clients that I've worked with over the years, for example, they've got a a protein target or a carbohydrate target, whatever that may be, and they go over it on MyFitnessPal and it highlights that you've gone over, you know, they could only have gone over 10, 15 grams, and they lose their shit. Because people have got this all or nothing mentality, they then go on a massive binge and and hit the fuck it button. Now, it's not going over on the carbohydrates on my fitness pal. That's the problem. It's the reaction. That's the problem. So for people like this, tracking macros may not be the best thing to be doing. 
And we need to understand that we should not place macronutrients on a pedestal because let's face it, there's going to be times where you're not 100% accurate. You will miss track. You will miss read labels and you're not going to carry a scale in your persia. <laughs> and it's the same with everything else. If your macronutrients are not hit, that's fine. It's not going to affect. It's not going to affect everything. Just get back on track the next day. And I'm all for being consistent. You know that. You know I've spoke about adherence before in another podcast. <clears throat> However, straight away I can usually see when someone's got a bad mindset towards the macronutrients, and you'll probably have friends like this who who bore you to tears and go, "Yeah, I've hit my macros today." It's like, well, well done. Oh, they go, shit, I went over him. Oh, fuck. And then they just lose the plot completely. And this is what we want to avoid. We want to stay clear of having this mentality, especially when we are dieting to lose weight. So without further ado, let's talk about protein. Let's give you some information about protein. That's hopefully not going to want to make you take your headphones out and stop listening to me. There is a lot of information about protein. Don't get me wrong, anything that I'm going to say here, you could probably find online quite easily. However, it's a way that it's delivered. That's the difference. And how I deliver it today is hopefully different to what you may have read in the past about protein. And again, like I said to you before, is give you that why it's important and why it can actually help you become a much more successful dieter in general. So, protein, in my opinion, is the most important macronutrient out of protein, carbs, fats. It's the most important one. And now this is not just because it is essential in protein synthesis. I can never say that right. (laughs) Which is the primary mechanism of muscle growth. Especially if you combine this with weight training. So if you are weight training at the minute, Protein is essential for your development of muscle tissue or retaining muscle tissue. So if you are looking to lose body fat right now and you don't want to look like a bag of milk (laughs) or a drop lasagna, that's that's um, I'm going to trademark that drop lasagna. Then when you are dieting, you need to understand the importance of retaining or gaining muscle tissue. And this is what a lot of people miss out on when they come to losing weight. The they don't have the kind of they don't have the urgency to lift weights or do some form of training that's going to preserve muscle tissue. They just kind of disregard it. They don't think anything of it. However, this is what I always say to people, yes, don't get me wrong, you don't have to go to the gym and start pumping out loads of weights. We know that you can lose weight without that. And again, I have mentioned it, it is about doing what you enjoy. However, when it comes to body composition and actually feeling, no, sorry, looking leaner and actually feeling stronger, then you don't want to miss out on the benefits that Retaining muscle tissue, building muscle tissue can actually have on you. You don't want to be one of these dieters who neglect muscle and just become weak and malnourished because all they focus on is 
weight loss without taking into consideration the importance of other metrics of progression, like strength. And this is something that I say to a lot of people time and time again. It's like, it's great, you're losing weight, fantastic. But you're also losing inches, you know, you're losing you're losing body fat, you know, you, you're getting strong, your movement is better, you're becoming pain-free. And this is so important, especially for people that are bunged up at a desk all day. And that's one of the big reasons why I do do strength training with people. And I did mention it in an Instagram post the other, other week, is that I don't do personal training sessions with clients and when we lift in the gym I don't do them sessions to burn calories I do these sessions to help people preserve muscle tissue whilst they are dieting to lose body fat and most importantly I want them to be pain free and strong because of the byproduct of that they're going to want to move more in general and how many times have you been to work where you've you've been sat down all day and you've got to feel like you've got a an achy back and you feel like dog shit. You don't want to get up and go to the gym. So it's very, very important that when you are weight training, you combine this with an adequate amount of protein within your diet to actually optimize building muscle tissue, sustaining muscle tissue that you already have. Now, protein is essential for recovery. Also, again, something that's overlooked with many people when they think that they lose fat whilst in the gym or building muscle in the gym. It doesn't work like that. It happens through recovery. Again, recovery is a podcast on its own. But let me tell you one thing. It's absolutely vital when wanting to keep on the exercise train without burning out. Or like I just said, feeling like crap that you can't get off the couch because you're so beat up all the time. So protein is not just for getting jacked. <laughs> so don't worry about that. Don't for one second think, oh, if I have protein, I'm going to get too muscular. Again, a podcast in itself, even though it has got a lot better, the kind of myth of resistance training, lifting weights, that it's going to get women bulky. It's kind of had its day that and it's died a death, thank God. But high protein diets, not just in terms of building muscle tissue, retaining muscle tissue, recovery, but high-protein diets have also been shown to be more superior to low-protein diets with regards fat loss when eating in an isocaloric condition. So what I mean by that is eating at maintenance calories. So eating an amount of calories that you need to maintain body weight. I did go over that in the Energy Balance podcast, so Again, listen to that if you're unsure about what the hell I'm talking about with that one. And the likelihood of this is because of the thermic effect of food from protein, which is around 30% more compared to carbohydrates and even more so for fats. So this may be due to the way high-protein meals increase protein turnover and energy expenditure. So basically what this means is protein turnover is an energy-dependent process which requires energy and thus it increases calorie expenditure. So the thermic effect of food is basically the calories, you actually expend calories whilst consuming calories, if that makes sense. It's a metabolic process. Again, I touched upon that in my last podcast. Well, sorry, the Energy Balance podcast. 
High protein diets can cause a shift in weight loss, favoring increased weight loss from fat versus lean tissue compared to isocaloric low protein diets. So therefore, sparing more muscle mass and losing more body fat. And that's what I just touched upon a second ago. That is very important when it comes to dieting, is that you want to spare as much muscle mass as possible and lose more body fat. That's why a lot of people do say there is a difference between weight loss and fat loss. Because a lot of people who do chase weight loss tend to disregard the importance of keeping muscle tissue, building muscle tissue. So it's very, very important that you understand that. Studies have also shown that sparing lean muscle mass when dieting has been associated with decreased incidence of weight regain, which is a period where a lot of people fast track back to old ways, regaining the weight that they have lost and more. So another massive reason why protein is really, really important and the importance of spurring lean muscle mass. Because if you're losing a lot of muscle mass, and this is what a lot of people do when they're dieting, they lose a lot of muscle. So therefore, that can be a potential factor in kind of causing weight regain again. Or you're just putting yourself in a position to gain weight back because you've not took this into consideration. And this is why it's so important to understand the whys behind things. Another key consideration of higher protein diets have been shown to have a greater satiating effect than lower protein diets. So if you can't stop reaching for the biscuit tin, then you might want to consider protein intake, which is a hunger management strategy in itself. So protein sources are usually very calorie dense, yet carry high food volume. So that's what I want you to think of right now. And this is something when I go into podcast about hunger management and I start talking about the palatability of foods. So if you think of it this way, if you think of like cookies, they're a real high palatability. And then you think of food like green vegetables, they're a low palatability. Hence why when you're watching a film, you don't have a bowl of broccoli, do you? you'll you'll have a pizza, you'll have some cookies, you'll have some crisps, you'll have some fizzy drinks, whatever it may be. So this is why it's really important to take into consideration of this. And this is going back to what I just mentioned before about cravings. And what I tend to see with a lot of people, especially when I get food diaries from clients, I look at their current nutrition. And I don't just look at people's nutrition to say to them, are oh, you eat like a dickhead, like, because that's the advice a lot of people are giving these days, they're just like, yeah, yeah, you eat like a dick, that's why you're fat, and it's just like, you need to look a little bit deeper than that, you need to offer a lot more value than that, hence why obesity is still surging, and that shit advice is not working, we need to start delving a little bit deeper, so that's what I say to clients, I go, listen, I'm not going to ban you from eating the food you enjoy necessarily. Yeah, we're going to keep it in, keep them in moderation. But I tell them why, because people don't know the whys behind things. If I just say, right, you need to 
stop eating cookies and start eating more chicken breast and broccoli. They're just gonna. That's not a really good trade-off. That's not a good swap to some people. So what I will explain to them is I'll say, listen, cookies are very highly palatable. Okay. They, they're really calorie dense, so they have a lot of calories within them, and they don't take up much food volume. Hence, when you eat them, you will still feel hungry and want to eat more food. And then they'll be like, ah, that makes sense. I get that now. So I say what we need to do instead is instead of making a drastic change to your nutrition where it becomes a little bit overwhelming and you think, fuck, this is not a very good trade-off, right? You're swapping chicken and broccoli with bloody cookies what i might say to them is let's look at potentially making some of your own cookies where you make your own protein cookies or something like that so you are getting that protein in there so they become a little bit less calorie dense so they don't carry as many calories as what you used to eat but they take up a much more higher food volume within the stomach therefore you get the higher satiety to stop you over consuming the calories I hope that makes sense to you a little bit about that. And again, like I said, I'll talk about this more down the line with future podcasts and really go down the into a real rabbit hole with hunger management in itself. So it is important to consider protein intake if it with it showing that it does basically help create greater satiety within your days. And I just look at clients food diaries and I do look at it and think right okay for breakfast this person is having some cereals okay they're not getting any protein with that meal usually they're having quite a rushed lunch where they'll go out nipping nipping the supermarket get a wrap whatever it may be and I look and I'll be like okay there's not much protein within that you know they're, they're opting for it's a more of a carbohydrate fat type of meal which is not necessarily a bad thing I'm just saying and then what they tend to do then is they'll go back in work. They're still quite hungry. They still they haven't kind of the satiety is still quite low. Again, they'll start snacking at work. Snack, snack, snacks. Again, what do you reach for? The biscuit tin. Before you know it, they come home. They're still hungry, and that's when a lot of people seem to overindulge on the calories when they get home. They'll have the tea, and then again, it's a vicious circle. And so I look back and go, okay, let's start adding in a little bit more protein in general, start looking at other hunger management strategies. And then before you know it, they'll turn around and be saying, oh, I'm not as hungry when I get home. I'm I'm much more full. And to be honest, that is why the whole kind of clean eating works. As much as I hate the words clean eating, what people usually associate with that and why it works for weight loss is not nothing special. It's just because we've reduced the caloric intake. So people start opting for higher protein meals, higher fiber, you know, more vegetables, taking up more food volume within the stomach for less calories than what they've previously had. And they'll get the feeling of that they're actually eating more, but they're actually not. I say this to people, you feel like you're eating more, but you're not eating more calories you're eating more food volume. So these are so important to think about in terms of fat loss and hunger management strategies. Protein is very, very filling. Now, there are countless factors causing people to drive to eat, not just psychological aspects. Again, we can go down into them topics 
future podcasts, I will be getting guests on speaking about a lot more things down that about emotional eating and things like that. But there's also physiological factors as well that cause people to crave food. And if we can try and limit these the most, the best way we can, should I say, and kind of just take these hunger management strategies and protein being one of them and start adding it in and thinking, okay, I'm going to do that. And then when I give you more down the line, you could you can be like, okay, I'm going to do that. And before you know it, these things may just be getting easier and easier for you to stop, like I say, the ultimate overconsumption of calories and beverages in general. So it is worth limiting the physiological components to this and consuming adequate protein intake to potentially reduce cravings and keeping you satisfied when you are dieting to lose weight as it does appear that protein is more filling calorie per calorie compared with carbohydrates or fat. So you're probably thinking now, right, thanks for that. (laughs) How much protein shall I actually eat? And again, this all comes down to the individual again. There's more complex and there's more simple ways to do this, just like everything else. So when I do usually get a client in and I'll look at their food diary and I will see that they're not eating that much protein within the diet and most of the diet is carbohydrates and and, and fats, I will make changes to that. And now that's not saying, right, you need to eat X amount of protein and give them the grams, because again, that comes down to the individual preference. They might be like, whoa, whoa, don't throw grams at me. I literally, I don't want to be overwhelmed. So I'll say, right, well, in my own head, I will know if that person can handle that type of strategy or not. So what I'll do, look at the diet, and then I might just go to using hand sizes and the precision nutrition way to give them more protein. So I might say to them, right, I want you to have a palm serving of protein each meal. And they'll be like, okay, I can do that. And again, it all comes down to if somebody can do that, they're more likely to be consistent with it and we can make little changes down the line. And it is all about that low hanging fruit. And we can therefore, therefore get the best out of that client. We could go more complex. So, The latest evidence, and from my experience, I would recommend somewhere between 1 and 1.2 grams of protein per pound of body weight. But again, start asking yourself, from what we spoke about today, how do you feel? Are you feeling stronger in the gym? Are you feeling recovered? Are you satiated between meals? Are you starving all the time? And a lot of people don't get these kind of biomarkers. They don't ask themselves a lot of how they're actually feeling and down the line when I start going into a lot more areas this is something that people don't take enough kind of credit for within themselves they, they don't they don't they don't appreciate how much they can get by just kind of asking themselves how do I feel a lot of people do not believe it and not ask themselves that or take into consideration that after they've actually eaten, they don't sit down and think, oh, I'm satiated now. Do I feel full? Do I feel bloated? Do I feel sickly? Do I feel I have no energy? Do I feel energized? And these things are so important to start recognizing is that your body will tell you. Your body is smart. It will always tell you something. You will get some feedback from something. 
And again, so don't ever neglect the importance of that by just chasing, looking at kind of metrics all the time. But that's what I recommend and that's what some of the latest literature says. So that is 1 to 1.2 grams per pound of body weight. The only kind of problem with that is if someone is really overweight, somebody's quite obese, doing it by body weight can result in a very high protein intake. So don't freak out too much. What I would say for you guys and girls, if you are on the heavy side, maybe go off your height in centimetres as a gram target. So if you are 165 centimetres in height, go for 160 grams of protein. Unless you're an absolute midget or a giant, that might be, again, that might just work out the same as if you're really heavy. So there are kind of a few pointers with regards to protein. Keep it simple if it, at first and work your way up to grams if that's something that is you can do and that you can kind of keep doing. I hope this has helped a little bit. I hope it's given you a bit more understanding of why protein is important without just spitting out loads of loads of shit. And honestly, try implementing it. Start looking at your diet. How can you implement some lean protein into that? And you'll be surprised how much the little things, the low-hanging fruit can have such an impact on all other areas of your nutrition and lifestyle in general. Thank you very much for tuning in and I will see you next time for episode number nine. And I'm not going to tell you when that is. I'm going to keep you on your toes. See you later.